Welcome back to another episode of Country Creatives. You're with your hosts, Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell. That's me. Hey, Caleb. Good to be back with you, mate. It's so good to be here. We had a really cool weekend um, just gone by with Conflux Bendigo. Yeah, it was packed, hey? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a creative conference over two days in Bendigo. Uh, uh, almost an innumerable amount of <laughs> workshops. No, literally there was uh, four, four venues, uh, like spaces a day, and each one of them had like four things happening before, four or five things happening before lunch, four or five things after. There was heaps. It was a jam-packed schedule, and we want to take you through some of the things that we got to witness, some of the things that we didn't, um, and we might just have a chat about some of our takeaways. And and you're also going to hear in this episode from some of the people that we talked to over those two days. So Reese and I were exploring Conflux with some microphones and talking to people that were there, getting their thoughts. So that was really interesting. So we'll uh, we'll have a few of those spliced in here. Yeah. So turns out we're not just a face for radio anymore <laughs> because they were being recorded with a, yeah. uh, you know, digitally recorded, which will uh, yeah. be produced by the Hebron Films team. Yeah. So there'll be heaps of video content coming out as well as the audio that you're going to hear in, in this episode. So keep an eye out on the Emporium Creative Hub socials. You'll probably see a bit of that content coming out through there. Yeah, I'm keen to see how that turned out. It was definitely fun getting around chatting to everyone. Yeah, it was. All right, kicking off this episode, let's do a um, our acknowledgement of country, which was really great to see a good representation over the conflux of um, Indigenous artists and creators. It was it was really good to see that embedded into the schedule of events. Yeah, we'd like to pay out. Um, respects to elders past, present and emerging. And it was really great to hear their perspectives and uh, what they're out there doing as creatives in uh, Victoria and Australia. Yeah, it was super cool. You're in uh, the Welcome to Country. Tell me a little bit about that, uh, the first day of Conflux. Yes, our good friend Troy Firebrace, who you can listen to in one of our early episodes, he got up on the stage of the Capitol Theatre, played some didgeridoo and then gave a really captivating talk to open up the uh, the entire two days of creative discussions, which was really, really good. You, if you've listened to that episode, you know that he can he talks really well and eloquently yeah. and he's really open to sharing his, his perspective. And I think from what I heard, everyone really appreciated that. Super cool. All right, let's kick into our thoughts on the sessions that we're, we were in. We were mm. in kind of a a few of the same ones on Friday. Um, I'm just going to give my thoughts on the first one that kicked us off. The keynote that kicked off the whole conference was Sam Strong's uh, Confessions of a Creative Bureaucrat. So for those of you who don't know who Sam Strong is, he has been uh, really big in the theatre performing arts industry in leadership roles at Melbourne Theatre Company at Griffiths University and a whole heap of other places in the performing arts industry. But he transitioned into government. Uh, and so he now he is the... He's a leader. He's one of the top dogs. <laughs> That's right. Of? Creative Industries at Creative Victoria. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sam was cool. I'd never heard of Sam, never heard Sam, but he uh, spoke about his perspective uh, being on both sides of the fence of in the creative sector and then in government and what he's learned from that transition, which is super cool. A couple of things I got out of it, uh, he spoke a little bit on advocacy 
people trying to communicate with government about funding, really, trying to tell government why they should fund their thing. And the biggest, the biggest thing I connected with that he said was when you're talking to any form of government and going uh, coming with an ask, you need to be thinking about what they want what their objective is and what their priorities are because that's their filter when they're listening to you is does this align with anything that we already want or mm. anything that we're trying to do? And so it's always – it's just important to think about your audience first yeah, and what they are looking for and then align what you are developing, like what your pitch is, align what you're doing and your ask with what they're trying to achieve and and then you get some sort of synergy happening. Yeah. Now I kind of looked at that point as a um, little bit of a gimme. That's um, usually <laughs> if you're coming from a business perspective on projects, you kind of have to satisfy both, you know, you've got something that you really want to do, but you've got to think about, you know, what is the need for this? What kind of boxes is this person I'm asking to fund it? What do they need to check off? And I guess you didn't really touch on it exactly, but how do you reckon you can find out what those things are? Yeah, I guess it's something that's really uh, top of mind for people like you and me, Reese. We kind of understand the communication side of things. The way I'd go about researching a government body or a particular unit or department, if I'm going to talk to them, I'm, I'm going to research what they want and I'm going to do that by looking at their, they usually have a strategy. Yes. So searching up, say, for the creative industries they uh, that Sam Strong's part of, they have a creative industry strategy, generally a four-year bracket. Mm -hmm. So you just type that into Google with the department name or whatever, and it'll usually come up. Or you could go to their website and they'll have they'll have information about what their priorities are on there. But you're looking for that that strategy, that government strategy, and they will have actually action items and things that they need to tick off as yeah. a part of that. And um, like the Conflux, for example, was an action item of the Greater Bendigo um, creative strategy was to, you know, that several years ago now? Uh, t 20 or 2019 or something, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and like there was two action items in Bendigo's creative strategy. One of them was a co-working creative hub. Yep. David Hughes from who manages the Emporium Hub, he got up and did his intro and he was very happy to tick that off the list of action <laughs> items that they had done. And the other one was to hold a creative conference in Bendigo at which they were also ticking off. So, you know, this event that we went to was directly off the back of a creative strategy that had been created. So, yep. um, yeah, he just mentioned that the creatives should really go back and look for how they can align their objectives with the objectives of the people who have the money. Yep. Yep. It's all about that. There was another point that he made um, to do with advocacy, which was like basically everyone needs to work together a bit better to – what yeah. was that about, no, Matt? I, no, I'm not no. very eloquent in that no, sense. No, that's – yeah, that was not very eloquent, but I can help out. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we'll get there together. Um, the He was saying about um, don't – come in and kind of bag out someone else's what someone else in the industry is doing or tell you, you don't want to be coming in saying why they should give money to you and not someone else it's more it's more effective and more powerful if you're coming in saying this is happening over here and i want to come alongside and build this movement you know mm -hmm. it's that collaborative thinking that people uh, that 
government wants to hear. They actually want to hear that they're not going to be required a whole lot. Mm. <laughs> so, they, you know, limited resources and all that. So it's, it's much more effective if you're coming in and saying how you are giving, how you are serving the community, because they're ultimately there to serve the community as a whole, not just your fancy pants idea. You want to be coming in saying, this is what I'm contributing to the people around me, the industry, and this is who I've got on board to help me. And, you know, the more parties that are involved, the better and the more powerful an ask is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the the final point I think he made was to do with thinking bigger, yeah. which is a fairly, fairly straightforward one. Like, you know, not to box yourself in and sort of think in this little narrow lane, but, you know, and it kind of leads on from your point of collaborating and bringing other people into the mix and working together to make something bigger and better that was maybe a little bit unimaginable as a standalone creative. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I really resonate with that kind of thinking. A- anything is possible, literally anything's possible just because you know it doesn't hasn't been done before or people don't do it that way or all that nonsense anything's possible so long as you you know you give it a crack you get the right people involved and so it's he was speaking about just opening your imagination and perspective thinking not only outside the box but changing funding models so from reliance on government funding to independent uh, self-sustaining, mm. thinking bigger in a lot of different areas. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Already, you can see we got a bit out of the very <laughs> first half an hour chat that was on, yes. which was really, it was a really great way to open it. So after that, we went straight across and listened to Toby Benador talking about crafting a business through commercial relationships, which was quite interesting. And if you want to hear more about that, we spoke with Toby directly after that, a live podcast at the Conflux event, which was which was pretty cool. So if you yeah you want to hear more, head over to that uh, episode. Toby was great. They talked about heaps of their experience in building their own agency and, and heaps of great stuff. So yeah, well, really valuable. There was a lot of good stuff in there about emotional intelligence oh, in business, which was kind of cool. That was so cool. All right, from there, mate, I um, I didn't really get to many other other talks on that day. I was a little bit sidetracked with some other things that were going on, including our own project with Nacho Station in collaboration with Conflux, a live art activation out the front of the Capitol Theatre. That was super cool. Yeah, yeah I uh, I loved watching that in action. It was it positioned in the the at the top of the stairs at the Capitol Theatre so right as you're walking into the venue tell me a little bit about the idea behind it and what was happening yeah so the word conflux basically in the dictionary means a um it's a it's a convergence of creative ideas people or energy something like that (laughs) so a conflux yeah it's a it's a meeting of ideas and creative forces there we go creative forces yeah um so what we did was we had a panel for each letter, which was about 800 wide by 1.2 high, each letter of the logo um, designed by Louise Fisher from the Design Pond. Very nice logo. Um, we had each of those letters, each on their own panel, set up on all the, these easels that stretched out like six metres. Yeah. Our idea was to visualise a conflux. So try and visualise what the word conflux means. And who did you have painting with you? I found four awesome, talented artists from regional Victoria to get involved. We had to figure out a way that they could all work together seamlessly in sort of a fun, collaborative, experimental way. So on the 
Friday, we had Chloe Jones, who's a Yorta Yorta artist, working alongside Rachel Dollar, who's from uh, just out of Shepparton, and they worked really well together. They already knew each other as well, so that was a nice mix. They both had like complementary styles, and their job was to, ba- to paint the background in, make it really colourful and fun and vibrant. Um, each of the letters was stuck on with a vinyl decal, so... The idea was at the end of the two days, we would peel those off to reveal the logo at the very end. Um, So on the Friday, those two just got stuck into painting and um, we had a lot of people walking past. There was also a prompt for the audience to get involved. And this is probably where we come in as we always want to build in that kind of engagement into our activities without compromising the creative outcome as well. Mm. So we had a prompt. The the theme of Conflux as well was a brave new world. So there was a lot of talk about the future and what's next and what's happening and, you know, how are we going to set ourselves up for success in Mm. this brave new world? So we asked people to submit a one-word response to the prompt, how will you engage in a brave new world? Cool. And we had Wes Franklin, local lettering artist. He was standing at the front making sure people were filling out these forms and stuff. And the next day, Wes um, took all those responses and added them onto the panel. So... Yeah, crazy. So yeah, he was writing writing all those words that people had uh, submitted. Yeah, so it became a um, you know the users got to engage in the artwork and actually make their own mark through the talented work of Wes Franklin. Amazing. And who else did you have? Yes, our final artist was a bit of a wild card in there, Jimmy Buscombe, who you might know uh, from Warnable as the artist. He went viral uh, a few years ago when he uh, he uh, did a chalk mural of a wombat on the side of a bridge. Oh man. Like a, a, just an uncommissioned piece. There was a guy who worked for the council there yeah. as a contractor. Yeah. And I think he was graffiti removal or something. Oh. And he went across and uh, he, th- he saw this wombat and was like, this is awesome. I'm going to make sure that stays there. So <gasps> he sealed it onto the, onto the side of the bridge. Okay. This is great. So I love how you called it an uncommissioned piece. Yeah. <laughs> so he graffitied it <laughs> onto uh, public space and it was so good that the graffiti removal artist did the opposite of his job and sealed it on there. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's such a great story. Yeah. Uh, but it, seriously, Jimmy is full on talented. Yeah, really cool. He paints like uh, photorealistic wildlife. Amazing. Um, and so his his addition to the piece was birds that have thrived in the brave new world that they've been faced with. Um, so, you know, the classic bin chicken. And <laughs> I loved seeing the bin chicken <laughs> on, on the sea. <laughs> and the magpie and a couple of others that um, have really thrived in an urban environment. And yeah. um, so There's we a had this- in there. Yes, we had this like abstract background and then we had um, some hand lettering that was contributed by the audience. And then we had- Jimmy's lifelike uh, bird life, kind of like hanging off elements and like engaging with the letters. Um, yeah. Super cool. Loved it. Yeah. Really, really cool end piece. And if you wanted to see this, where would you where would you go? Mate, I reckon we're going to have this on the Emporium website. Cool. As the, um, it might even be the cover image because we took some really cool shots of the, of the panels out the front of the Capitol at the very end. You were involved with this. Yeah, I was. 
So I reckon that could be a cool cover for the podcast. Yeah, that sounds great. And um, in person, it's actually sitting in the Emporium Creative Hub at the moment. So, you know, jury's out on where that's actually going to be hung. But uh, if you want to see it in person, then you should come down to the Emporium Creative Hub and knock on the door. Caleb, what did you think of the live art experience? I actually really enjoyed it. We interviewed a few people outside uh, and kind of in and around where that was happening But the fun thing about it is having access to the artist right there and, you know, seeing their process and being able to chat to them and go, hey, this is looking amazing. Like, what are you doing? And and you don't often get the opportunity to see the work in, in progress like that. And it added something to the vibe of the the whole conference. It wasn't just about the end product that was going to be created. It was about the process because, you know, as creatives, as a creative conference, we are all experience, we all experience our own processes and work in progress. So actually having some art in progress throughout the two days was just a really great fit, I reckon. Yeah, cool. I was obviously... Like it's obviously my jam completely, but being from a different uh, background and industry, it's um, cool to hear that feedback. Yeah, yeah, no, I loved it. I hope, uh, I hope more of that happens in and around the place. You mentioned that we also did some sort of we were like the blow in, like little <laughs> vox pop, like host people. W- word on the street <laughs> yes. host people. Yeah, yeah. So we were running around uh, over the two days, like just grabbing random people and asking asking a couple of basic questions, which will be produced into some video content. Yeah. Um, and we're going to use a few snippets. Hey, should we cut to a couple of snippets right now? Yeah, let's see what people had to say. I'm Kate, Kate Fox. I'm a local creative to Bendigo. I uh, moved here about a year ago. It's really been um, heartening having moved here from Melbourne and to a regional centre alone uh, as a creative and seeing such a, a warm and welcoming community of creatives is, is I heard rumour they were here and they're here, it's amazing and, and they're here in force and it's great to have a lot of people coming from interstate to speak here, in particular in Bendigo and uh, to really bolster the cultural and creative community, it's been it's been a great day and I've had a, a lot of fun and I get to do it all again tomorrow. My name's uh, Mick Trembath and I'm uh, what's called an animateur uh, and I, I, I'm currently based in Ballarat so that's what I'm, you know, I'm doing down there um, I work in the sort of music and the creation of new events. So I was invited here to talk about new ways of delivering music uh, outside of the gig and the festival. So uh, I've come up with a whole bunch of ideas about uh, floating people in swimming pool and looking at the stars with submerged speakers while uh, ambient things like that. And then um, I'm doing a project where we've got uh, 20 people and their dogs. So what they're doing is they uh, they play a song and then they smear dog food on the guitar and they let the dog take a guitar solo in the middle of, of what they're doing. And they, these are actual sort of events from there. You know, so we're, we're talking about that. We're talking about bringing back the street party, like in your neighbourhood, do you know what I mean? Um, after going to a couple of festivals where where you basically show up at the festival and there's a $90 Bunnings gazebo and an extension cord, <laughs> you know. So we're talking about all those places. So if the uh, if all the venues closed tomorrow and all the festivals went down, where would you play music? So that's what I'm up here to chat about, you know. What I'm looking forward to is not going back and doing the same old, same old. You know, I think there's a really interesting, uh, if you look at, uh, you know, the 20th century of music, it all kicked off after the great crisis of the Second World War. So after sort of 1945, everybody came back. And then in the early 50s, suddenly you see rock and roll. And that transforms everything completely from there, you know. And now there's been another kind of two years of creative crisis. It means there's this amazing opportunity to go, right, 
okay, that was then, this is, this is sort of now, what can we do? There's an interesting theory that says a century finds its identity in the third decade. So in the first three decades of any given century, you're going, well, what are we taking from the last century into the next century? So if you look at it in the sort of 19th century, you're looking at that early part of that century taking an agrarian lifestyle where everybody's living on farms and moving to a city. Well, what are we keeping from farm life moving to the city, all right? So some things stay and some things go here as my you know ancient dinosaur generation moves from the last people that remember before the internet into people <laughs> that that have no knowledge of that world what are you guys taking with you do you know what I mean and, and what are we leaving behind and I'm really interested to see what what goes forward do you know what I mean and what things are decided culturally to go well we just don't need that anymore uh, hi I'm Lauren Starr and I'm in the arts industry I'm an artist super amazing event to have in Bendigo, kind of the first of its kind, and it's amazing. Like walking down View Street this morning, talking to people, actually coming to live events, connecting with other artists and and people who employ artists. I just I think it's the beginning of something really cool or a brave new world, as as you know, is the term for this conference. So yeah. All right, we're here with Toby, who was a presenter today at the Conflux conference. Toby, how was it uh, presenting first off in the morning? Ah, uh, really good. Lots of fun. I guess I sort of quickly went through my talk and then I'm all about Q&As. So it was really nice having a bunch of people ask a range of different questions uh, and just, yeah, have a chat with community. Look, it's, it's an amazing lineup of creatives and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to some of them and getting to know them more, for sure. Hopefully lots more collaborations to come. I'm here in front of this super interesting uh, artwork that's going on here. I'm here with Chloe from Dungala Creations. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be in Bendigo. It turned out to be a nice day. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be collaborating with Rachel and Wes and Jimmy. So what are we looking at here, Chloe, behind us? Uh, we've got a few panels behind us here and Rachel and I are jazzing them up with our um, plenty of colours, as you can see. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can leave enough space for Wes and Jimmy, but um, they're looking pretty good so far. How have you found painting live at an event? Yeah, now I'm enjoying it. I love getting to talk to people, kind of explaining a little bit what we do. I think people are really intrigued, especially, you know, you don't see enough live art around. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting having conversations. I've noticed a lot of the people walking in, probably a lot of them are creatives themselves. So it's nice to find that common ground with people um, out in the public. My name is Laura Vanspeck. I am Bendigo, born and bred. I am a primary school teacher. I did my Bachelor of Visual Arts here in Bendigo at La Trobe. Majored in ceramics with comparative studies in painting, drawing, printmaking, illustration. Give me something, I'll make you something. I'm now currently studying my master's in art therapy with La Trobe again down in Mandura. Ooh! Yeah. So I'm also a street artist around town. Oh my and God. as soon as I saw the conflux was on, I'm like, yeah, creative types. Let Come me have on. a chat. Alright, I'm here with John who was on a panel discussion today. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were discussing on stage? Uh, yeah, it was about um, sort of identity. Oh, now can I explain it? No, probably not. It was about labels. So basically, you know, the thing is, are you a gay artist or an artist who's gay? Are you an indigenous artist or an artist who's indigenous? You know, are you a disabled artist? And that idea of, you know, where labels come in and and of course, the thing I've, I've already just made wrong about the whole thing is that I try to point out, you can be more than one thing. You know, it's quite possible for people to be two things, sometimes three. And so that's, <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I think we have to, as a society, start getting used to the idea that people have more than one label. Yeah, definitely. 
How did it? How was it being on a panel with like all these other awesome? Well, look, the, the, the weird thing is that this has come out of originally um, we were all part of a you know, Conflux put together a little group to make sure that this was going to be an inclusive festival, open for everyone, try and spot any kind of you know stumbles there might be and language and, and approach and accessibility. So um, pretty much we were that group and we kept having these conversations and they were really interesting. <laughs> so all this was was they went, oh, we should do a panel with that. Yeah, why don't we just make this discussion public? Let's take it on the road. Put them on the stage. Yeah, so that's, that's basically what we did. Excellent. Okay, nice. And are you getting along to Conflux tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there's, there's, I mean, it's all amazing stuff. Um, it's, it's possibly a bit overwhelming because there's so much of it and it's so good. So, so yeah, I, I, I've got nothing more to say off the top of my head. I can't. I'm bamboozled. I'm here with uh, one of my favourite past guests of Country Creatives <laughs> Podcast, Louise Terra. Um, Louise, what are you excited for uh, coming up at Conflux today? Actually, I'm going to head straight up to the Capitol right now because I really want to see Eliza Hull's talk slash performance. Mm-hmm. Um, as an electronic musician, I'm uh, really excited to see what Eliza's doing. So that's excellent. And what do you hope to see after Conflux? I suppose like it's such it's been such a great opportunity to like get back in a space with human beings and talk. So I'm imagining that um, this will actually spark a lot of collaboration or like cross pollination between people. I did a panel yesterday and I feel like afterwards like we all bonded the people on the panel. It was like kind of deep and so I'm like cool. I feel like those relationships that are new out of it will be really positive as well as more of this kind of stuff like conflux too um you know like more of it please i hope it's not just the only time because actually having um this kind of space to just talk think ideate is uh so valuable especially in this uh regional setting there's been such a um groundswell of of people moving out here and a lot of creative folk moving out here so it feels exciting for that We're back. We actually found a few people that I think we want to get on the show next. Yeah, we did. Oh, man. There was some uh, some killer creatives there. It was really cool just doing that role and I would not normally walk up to people and just say, hey, let me ask you questions. No. But maybe I should. Yeah, maybe you should without a camera <laughs> in the same tone with one of the microphones. With <laughs> hey. a microphone but no camera? Yeah. Okay. Hey, I've got some questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good to have that kind of confidence to just walk up and be like, hey, who are you? Where are you from? What tell do you me do? a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell me tell me what you've enjoyed about this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Even when you're not at uh, something together like a public event, it's like me and meet someone <laughs> at the coffee shop. Hey, tell me a story. What are you enjoying about this weekend? <laughs> oh, damn. You get a few people like that who just approach you on the street, don't you? It's, <laughs> yeah. um, God, that could be interesting. All right, moving back to Conflux. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. At the end of the day, on Friday, we're still on Friday. We haven't even spoken Holy. about Saturday yet. We went to different different talks at the end of the day. I went to one called um, Creativity in Crisis, Rebooting Australian Arts and Entertainment Sector After COVID, which was by um, Ben Altham. He's a lecturer at Monash Uni, the School of Media, Film and Journalism, and he's a writer who focus on like cultural economics and policy and cultural and creative theories. Well, he was really good to listen to, but I must say it was kind of depressing. 
<laughs> what was it about? So um, creativity in crisis. Right. It's, it's in the title. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just he just presented the numbers of how COVID actually affected us, like effort from a you know statistical perspective. And the you know creative industries, we all know it was hit really hard. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he put numbers to it, which was even more depressing. <laughs> um, and also he he spoke quite eloquently about sort of what we need to do to re-elevate the arts. And what I probably took away was he said, we need to stop framing creativity as we have this many jobs and we support this much of the economy, but we need to switch it to like arts are important because it creates culture and culture is important because it forms who we are and our identity. And mm. without culture, what what do people enjoy and what do they do? Yeah, interesting. And so I, I probably took that away as the biggest thing of, about rephrasing our importance in the creative industries. Yeah, fascinating. I actually love that because it, it makes it more kind of human rather than more policy-based or government-y. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he was saying like no one no one cares about those numbers. Yeah. But if you say we're going to take away all of your live music and we're going to take away all of your art gallery shows or live performance, like – what is there to fill that void? Yeah. The other part of it, some of the, the Q&A at the end was comparing, you know, how come sport has become, it's, it gets a lot of public funding, people really stand behind it, this is who we are. And he said, it's because people in sport, they don't go, oh, we have this many jobs and we support this many <laughs> coaches and this many players, you know, whatever. The AFL doesn't go, we're important because we have 1,050 players that we pay, <laughs> you know, no. that, who cares no one, about that? No one says that. So when you say that, when you compare that to like the creative industries argument, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, that does sound <laughs> a bit shit. But they, they stand behind footy and go, this is who we are. This is what we love. You yeah, know? It's like national identity type stuff, you know? Yeah. So how can we elevate the creative industries to that like identity Ooh. that we feel like this is a part of us and we need this to be who we are? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I dig that. Nice. I think those takeaways are great. And I think if we can work on reframing the way we think about how we describe the creative industries and its importance and place in our society, then that's only going to lead to amazing things. Yeah, and his, uh, his examples where it would definitely lead to more advocacy for the arts and funding of the arts and realigning a very small amount of money to make a really huge impact in the grand scheme of things. Super cool. Hmm. What did you get up to at the end of Friday? Well, at the end of Friday, I actually went to a session called Reimagining the Creative Industries with Agile Ways of Working with Kylie Eddy. We're actually having Kylie on the podcast soon, so stay tuned for that. But I'll give you a bit of a brief overview of what she talked about because if you're a filmmaker or a uh, videographer, or this is going to be really exciting for you. Kylie's written a book about a different way of filmmaking, a different method, different system. Uh, filmmakers would know that the method for filmmaking has been around almost since filmmaking's inception, <laughs> and it hasn't really changed. You, you come up with a concept, you get it, your money to make it, and then you shoot it, you edit it, and then you release it to the audience who has no concept or idea of what it's about 
and the the success of your years of work hang in the balance on that very re- moment of release. Yeah, you hope like hell people are going to love it and <laughs> you're going to make your money back. Yeah, that's and you know there's so many decisions that are made at the start with little to no information about what the end product's going to be. Yeah. So uh, they've, they've reinvented a way of doing things, which is uh, called agile, yeah. an agile way of uh, yeah. working. So the you can thank the IT industry for uh, pioneering and coming up with this way of working. So it's very common in software development, other IT-based spaces. But I was thinking, like, that's a pretty good intro, but without spoiling too much, because I think Kyle oh, is going to talk really eloquently and give us a really good rundown on that. So Great. stay tuned. Uh, it'll be... It'll be a few episodes down the track, but really looking forward to having a chat with Kylie in more detail. It's going to be good. So that was Friday. That was massive. One of my favourite things after Friday was the networking event at the Beehive building. Now, if you've never been to Bendigo or you don't know what the Beehive building is, it's this mad historic old place. It used to be a gold exchange, actually. So it's multi-level. It's got like three or four levels, but the... The top level has got this mezzanine kind of floor. You can see through down to the bottom of the building and it's got all these little rooms around it and this big one at the, at the end. And it's been fully restored and it's phenomenal. But we had a networking event in there and that thing was packed, wasn't it, Reese? Yeah, it was awesome. It was really great to see everyone um, who'd been on stage getting down into the, into the as part of the audience, having conversations. There was a lot of installations in each of the little cubicle kind of rooms yeah. around the top floor. So there was a bit of local art on display, which was cool. Mm. Um, some visual media collaborations in the end room between local visual artist Paul Fletcher and sculptor sculptor Andre Sardoni. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, um, I tell you what, there was in terms of food. There, there was crickets. Yes, did you try one? No, I didn't actually know they were crickets. I Someone told me after the fact, I thought they were like little slithers of olive or something. Did you have any crickets? Yeah, I did. What, oh, what were they like? They were perfectly fine. Like if <laughs> they weren't that bad, they were pretty, they were pretty non-offensive. Okay, non-offensive. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Oh, and the other crazy food thing that was there was uh, the guys from the uh, tech school had a, a food 3D printer. It was a 3D printer that printed food. I did not see that. Yeah. It was that crazy box thing on the table in the corner. So they can full on put liquid food. So like icing or like dough or, you know, stuff in these tubes. And they, yeah, full on close it up and it prints using the food. That is super cool. Yeah. It was pretty funky. Yeah. And that was another time when we got around and we had a chat to a few people so why don't we cut to listening to a few of those little micro chats right now. It's been amazing. I'm a little bit brain dead because I've had so much information. Troy Fibrace is such an amazing speaker. I'm going to try and channel him tomorrow because he's very relaxed and very thoughtful and considered, which is the complete opposite to me. <laughs> so every time he's been speaking today, I've been like, wow, I'm going to breathe through that and try to have something like that tomorrow when I when it's my turn but I'm not doing a very good job of it right now am I and what's been the uh, biggest takeaway from today over this side I think um, just how important it all sort of is I think it's been really good to have something in Bendigo that is bringing up so many different important discussions that I don't know don't sort of happen here or anywhere regional so yeah definitely 
Okay, putting me on the spot. The best thing I've found out about today has been the think, like we know our career paths, but just to think a little bit outside of that career path and think of it a little bit differently. Yeah. So expanding our thinking has been great. Yeah. Well, it's encouraging us to think differently, but one of the key points I took away was when we are giving direction to artists to not um, put colonisation type restrictions on them. Yeah. Uh, we need to decolonise uh, the parameters that we put around artists and that was one thing that really resonated with me. Alright, we're here with Troy Firebrace who did the Welcome to Country for us for Conflux. Uh, Troy, how are you going and how have you found Conflux so far? Yeah, going alright. Um, you found Conflux pretty inspiring and as well as insightful as well. And there's a couple of things that um, I'm looking forward to today as well as a couple of talks and just meeting the artists that have come down for this event. So I'm curious, what are you hoping that people take away from Conflux over uh, yesterday and today? I guess taking away insights around, you know, the practice, the industry, the different diversities that we have, you know, myself as Aboriginal artist, you know, disability, um, queer as well, and just different insights of the, the industry here, and, and especially in regional Victoria. Um, one thing that really inspires is that, you know, this is all local within here, and having all these local talent, local people here that ask us to talk about their practice and what they do is just inspiring to have. My name's Nick Dunstone, I'm from Light Adelaide in Adelaide, surprisingly enough. What has been your experience of Conflux so far? What have you enjoyed about it? Not having any expectations um, and being really pleasantly surprised about the about all of the careful, thoughtful people that are thinking about our future universe. Mm. So, no, really, really cool, really interesting discussions. You're listening to Country Creators Podcast and we're going to head back into the studio with Caleb and Reese to listen to their thoughts on day two of Conflux Bendigo. A theatrical performance from Skin of Our Teeth Theatre Company. Now, I've never heard of these superstars, but they were incredibly talented amazing. There was monologues exploring some pivotal moments of life of four different people throughout the ages. One of them was about a woman who started a a mechanic shop. What do you call this? Workshop. Yeah, it's workshop. a workshop's good. Okay, good, good. Yeah, she started one in like the yeah 20s, I think. And look, to be honest, it, it was it was really thought-provoking because all of the performances touched on some different struggles that these, they're all women, that uh, these women had in their lives. And there were, some of them were pretty, uh, pretty heartbreaking, actually. Uh, a couple of them were. But what stood out to me was the performances, not only were they thought-provoking, you know, talked a little bit about uh, social pressures and things like that, but these, you could... These people seemed real, like they you could really get into the psyche of these women and and um, uh, and see what their experience was. And yeah, if I hadn't have been had my wits about me, I would have been a mess. I reckon it was yeah, it was pretty pretty powerful. Mm, yeah, that's really cool. And um, also the venues that like the venue of the Capitol Theatre yeah. is um, pretty amazing space. Even just being in that that venue is kind of adds a whole nother level of making the, the show captivating, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was an epic, epic little start to day two. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention in terms of the, the schedule over the two days, there was a mix 
of things which you've probably gathered by now. There yeah. was some live performance, there was panel discussions, and there was presentations. And workshops. And workshops, yeah. So it was a really diverse mix of things you could get involved with if you were, you know, feeling a bit bogged down with too much information overload. You could just go and enjoy a show. Yeah, yeah, which um, yeah, which was fantastic. The, the next thing I did was actually at the same time you were on a panel, so we'll get to your panel in a second and hear all about what that was like. The next thing I got to was a, another performance and kind of a conversation with Eliza Hull, now, if no one's heard of Eliza Hull, she's amazing. Yeah, phenomenal. She's a musician uh, and a an author uh, or a writer, and she's got a podcast as well. Uh, I just looked her up before. Her podcast is about parenting with a disability, uh, and it's called We Got This. And that podcast was one of uh, Radio Nationals and ABC Life's most successful series of all time. That's super cool. Yeah. So anyway, she's she's got a disability. I'm not sure what uh, what specifically it is, but she performed a few of her original songs, and you know there was no choice. I was a mess. That was literally wow. It was it rocked me. Yeah, powerful. You, yeah, powerful. Her songs were a, a lot about uh, people's a few different people's experience uh, growing up with a disability of some description, and it was it was like a window into her soul. It was next level. Uh, I just really encourage anyone who hasn't heard her work to search her up. She's on you know all the music platforms and pretty easy to find. Eliza Hull. Um, she also does a lot of disability advocacy, um, and she speaks really well on the on that topic. Um, so, yeah, can't I can't speak highly enough of Eliza Hull. What a superstar! Yeah, awesome. It, it goes to speak again about how it speaks to the fact that this whole conference was really um, diverse, and it offered yeah. like a really good range of perspectives throughout the community, which yeah. I think is a really great effort from the uh, the programming yep. and the producers of the conference. Congratulations yeah. to the team. Hey, and we know who they are because uh, it's also our pro- amazing producer, Amy Chapman. Amy Chapman, yeah. She's listening right now, editing this, <laughs> making me sound good. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, you Amy. did an awesome job uh, yep. pulling this together as well as with the with the team from the Emporium Creative Hub. Hold on, we're going to press a button. <laughs> so appropriate. Yes. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. The The other thing was, um, Caleb, on the Saturday, we were involved in some panels. So I was on a panel as one of the people who were discussing things and yeah. you moderated a panel. Yeah. So much paneling. Lots of paneling. Um, <laughs> my panel was the role of creatives in placemaking. And, you know, I had a few really great um, people who were on the on the discussion panel. Marg Sengali, who's a landscape architect. Troy Innocent, who's an urban play scholar. So that's like huh? virtual re- augmented reality and oh. virtual reality through cities and oh, you know, wow. turning cityscapes into playable areas. Oh, that's crazy. Pretty cool stuff. And Hugo Lamb, who's the founder of the Space Agency, who they um, they work with cities and government organisations to activate spaces. So not into space. Potentially in future, oh. but not just yet. <laughs> okay, cool. They are activating the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was on a roll. I was on a panel with them, um, and to be honest, I felt a little bit out of my depth. <laughs> Did you? Why? 
Well, you know, I really struggle to talk publicly, as you've noticed on the podcast. <laughs> sure. I can't string a sentence together. <laughs> sure. I uh, have nothing of value to say. <laughs> Nonsense. If you're fishing, I'm not giving you a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I really did feel like that leading into it, like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I yeah. felt a bit out of my depth. And then when I was up there, I was in an academic sandwich. <laughs> And I don't know if like I can definitely talk some shit, but trying to talk like like I didn't I knew I couldn't try and talk like an academic, but the other the like Troy and Hugo are very academic based, and right. they I could have spoken to them for ages and asked them questions, but to talk with them alongside them, I felt like so out of my depth. But it was it was a good experience, and I I said yes to being on the panel because I just wanted the experience of yeah. of doing it, and it was really cool. To have those chats. If you were to do it again, how would you approach it differently? Oh, I would just have a bit more confidence, I think. Well, the, the feedback that I got from people in the audience was, oh, we actually really liked that you weren't talking in that academic speak. And yep. you were just like, as a person on the ground doing the things, yep. you were just able to kind of tell us about your ideology and, and why you do what you do. And that was really cool. It was relatable. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. Why wasn't I? Th <laughs> like if I had had that, my own self-confidence like that, I yeah. probably would have added a little bit more to the convo yeah. and let the academics talk all fancy like <laughs> and just, just, <laughs> just talk how I talk yeah. a bit more naturally. So I probably got in my own head a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Which is a bit of a shame, but hey, learning experience. I had I had plenty of those as well. <laughs> you were in my um panel up next, weren't you? Yes, I was in the audience. So I'll just briefly give you the title of what it was and then you can tell me what you thought about it. Give me a review, all right? All right. The title was Navigating the Metaverse. So we were talking all things web three, NFTs, uh, VR, AR, all the digital new world stuff. Yes, it was really cool. I jumped in there as well because I was interested uh, to hear from Jay Murder. He's like an OG graffiti guy from like who was involved in the uh, the beginning of the Melbourne graffiti scene. Yeah. So I was keen to meet him and hear what he had to say. What a dude. Yeah, and the other the other guests were on the panel were also really insightful from different industries. Phenomenal. We had Reggie Barpe. He is a dude. What? Oh man, we got along like a house on fire. His kind of resume, his intro that I gave, like, he's just, it blew me away. And he's one of those people you look at and you're like, oh yeah, you're like mid twenties. And then he, at one point, I didn't actually ask how old he was, but uh, at one point he said, you know, over the first 40 years or something of my life, I was like, excuse me? He does not look that old. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> but anyway, he was like responsible for pioneering some of like Shanghai's underground music scene when he was he was living in Asia for like 13 years and uh, moved back to Australia to be close to his family at the start of COVID and decided to move back. He grew up in Australia and, and all sorts. He grew up in Rockhampton, actually, in Queensland, so a real, really regional part of mm. Queensland found himself in China and he was named like China's top 40 under 40 um, influences and stuff. It's He's, he's mad. He's yeah. created like this digital human. Anyway, he's cool. And then the other uh, panellist we had on was Sarah-Jane Woolhan. And uh, she was she was super cool to listen to as well. She's a filmmaker, so right up my alley, but she does a lot of work in VR and so yeah, it was it was heaps of fun having her on the panel. But what did you what did you think? What was audience perspective? What was the conversation like, and what did you get out of it? First of all, you did a really good job of uh, moderating that convo. Thanks. 
as we've already had a chat, like we've had a good practice in this, you trying to run me through NFTs in a previous episode. Yes, uh, I, that's actually what got me that job, I think. I said <laughs> NFTs once and then Amy was like, yeah, so you can you can be <laughs> moderating this panel. I was like, oh, I know like 5% of what there is to know. but <laughs> Well, the good thing was you knew how to ask the questions as well. Mm. So it was really good. Like I think you had a good background on each of the presenters and you um, sort of dug into their professions and shared the discussion around and kind of knew when someone else could add to the convo and, and brought them into it. So I thought that was really great. I had to leave just before the end of that, but I had some feedback from Rachel Dollar who we caught up afterwards. She's like, oh my God, the last part of that chat got really scary. Like we're <laughs> talking about how the metaverse might take over and that we could, you know, say the environment is uninhabitable, then maybe we'll be interacting in the metaverse permanently. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it got pretty crazy towards the end. But it was really, really good because we had some uh, really good questions from the audience and just got some honest thoughts, you know, what people are thinking about this new world. I, I had to kind of rein it back into uh, the conversation being about, and Reggie was great, great with this as well, saying, you know, technology is just a tool and it's, it's a new tool but we can't approach it with a fear of the unknown. We can't approach it with fear. And Jay was really good about po um, pointing that out as well. He talked a little bit about uh, Dali, Dali, Dali 2. Yes. Um, and how AI is capable, this um, machine learning software is capable of scraping the internet and making its own images that are of an exceptional quality. And, you know, a lot of graphic artists and visual artists are, you know, understandably a bit afraid of that yeah. <laughs> because it's crazy. I'm def I've definitely sort of been watching in that space as a visual artist for a while. And it's, it's super interesting that the images that can be created from entering a few keywords yeah. and then it spits out this like super high, like level of detailed image. Yeah. Yeah. It's full on and it'll, you know, um, he was showing me a couple of examples. He was just playing around with it and he, he had this image of a, a footballer. I think he took, uh, like a local footy, um, shot and he plugged it into Dali and, said like replace the ball with a chicken and it was just like a raw chicken in his hand and then like the shading the lighting it was perfectly integrated almost it was just crazy yeah it's it's super interesting it, what i liked about his um sort of comments on that that world that meta world was um how artists should be taking advantage of the tools yeah. rather than being afraid of them yeah Oh, I don't know what the answer to that is, how to do it. I, I, we'd probably need a whole dedicated session to just talk about that almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot to talk about there in terms of the how you approach new things and the attitude you come into that with. Like, a, a, It really needs to be the attitude of discovery, curiosity, so that you don't feel threatened and you're open for the opportunities that are available rather than trying to combat it or fight against it. Yeah, battle with it. Caleb, just before we wrap up today, there's also a couple of things we haven't mentioned about Conflux, which were, which I think would have been really awesome to get to. Leah Satori, who is involved with the Important Creative Hub. Yep. She runs an incubator program. She ran a workshop that was about um, setting a path in the, setting your own path in creative industries, which yep. would have been super valuable for would those who went along. Yep. Um, and there was also a drawing workshop with uh, Melbourne-based artist, Baby Gorilla. Mm -hmm. I wish I had have met Baby Gorilla. Mm -hmm. That seems like something I should have done, yeah. but <laughs> didn't get to bump into them. Ah. Um, 
which is a bit of a shame, but, you know, it was a jam-packed couple of days. Yep. There's lots of stuff on the lineup we've completely missed, but I think what we're trying to illustrate is come along next year. Yeah, exactly right. And exciting. You may have been thinking, this is pointless, guys. I just wasn't there, so fooey. But uh, all, most of the sessions, a lot of them were filmed. So there's going to be access to that in some form or another. Stay tuned on the Emporium's socials for what that looks like. But you will probably be able to relive some of those moments at Conflux and, and experience what we've been talking about. Yeah, definitely. They also put out a call, uh, an expression of interest before the event, or like sometime before the event, that asked people, what do you want to see? Do you want to present something? Do you have an idea? Yeah. So stay tuned for that and um, get involved. Yep. Thanks again to the team at Emporium Creative Hub for putting on a great event like this and also supporting us, the Country Creative Podcast. Uh, we've got some really cool episodes coming up which will dive into some topics specifically rather than this kind of overview kind of episode. Yep. So stay tuned. Thanks to Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell for that wonderful wrap-up of their Conflux Bendigo experience. Conflux Bendigo was a creative industries event, festival slash conference slash networking slash everything in between that happened on Friday the 9th and Saturday the 10th of September 2022. If you want to find out more about that event and the people who were there and presenting, then please visit emporiumcreativehub.com.au slash conflux. If you want to find out more about the people that Reese and Caleb spoke to or spoke about, you can also find that in the show notes of this episode. That can be found at emporiumcreativehub.com.au slash podcast. You'll find links to all past episodes there too, as well as a contact form so you can get in touch with Reese and Caleb and let them know what you thought or perhaps suggest someone else to be a guest on the show. A new episode drops every two weeks and we hope you are subscribed and ready to receive your next one in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, take care.